So we skipped our shake and howdy time uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, but I want to do something real quick. Uh, if you've got a cell phone, pull it out. Um, you know, let's, let's get a little crazy today. Uh, give, a, give a little text. Uh, give a text of a hello to somebody that maybe you see here, maybe somebody that you don't. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, take just a minute. If you want to be old school, you can wave, I guess. Uh, but for all of us youngins, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's give a little text. Uh, say, hello. Good to see you. Hi. How are you? I love, I love the family that is Wildwood Christian Church. I want you guys to know uh, that, you know, there's been a lot of conversations about how this week should go. I love the fact uh, that we can be together as family. Um, and uh, just want you to know how much it means to me to be here and to be accepted as family. I'm not Doug Vernon, in case you were wondering. Uh, uh, Doug, uh, I feel like God is teaching a lot of lessons to Doug right now. Uh, like, like, just lots of life lessons that he's, he's got. He's, uh, let's pray for him as we go. Send him a text, somebody. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, but my name is Lucas. For those of you who don't know me, uh, we, we run a ministry down in, in the city. And for, uh, this is the second week out of three weeks that we get to be here. And, and I get to kind of fill in for Doug as he's recovering from knee surgery. Um, so you're stuck with me today again. Uh, my son had his birthday on Friday. And for his present about a month ago, Elena and I, uh, we were really excited to buy him Toby Mac concert tickets for the concert last night. So on Friday, when he's opening up his presents, it came with a disclaimer. <laughs> Son, we got some good news. We got some bad news. Good news, you're going to a concert. Bad news, it's been postponed. Uh, better luck next year, you know. We, uh, we got him a few other things, too, so he was okay. But this morning, I, I, have, to, uh, I have to do the same thing with us. Um, so I've got some good news, i got some bad news. You want to hear the good news first, bad news? Bad news, heard it first. We're, we're going to get to the bad news first, that way the good news will be all, all the better, all right? So the bad news is, and there's a lot of it, here we go. Uh, last week, we talked about the gospel message. This week, we're talking about gospel results. Last week, I hope it was clear that this isn't about us. It's not about our actions, it's about him. It's about his actions. And this week, you might be assuming coming in, talking about gospel results, you might be like, yes, finally, we can get to something that I can do, but I've got some bad news. It's still not about you. It's still not going to be about your work, your works. Um, and not to pile on, uh, but a little bit more bad news. When it comes to conversations about the gospel, we aren't bringing much to the table, Okay. If we're bringing anything to the table when it comes to the gospel conversations that we need to have, it's our sin, our mess, our brokenness, our need. Uh, and once again, just a little bit more bad news. Um, it's not just out there where the mess is. It's also in here. It's in here. 
we are a broken people. I think, think even this morning, some of us need to just admit, I'm screwed up. I am hurting. I'm broken. Uh, so I know that we can, uh, it's really easy, especially uh, nowadays, to, to see bad news. But once again, not to pile on, we're also contributing to that bad news. We are not helping. The, the Bible says it like this, in the sixth chapter of Genesis, so we're six chapters into the Bible, this is what it says. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Six chapters in. Murder, rape, incest, racism, drunkenness, greed, idolatry. It's just in the first half of Genesis. I don't think um, I don't think I have to actually convince any of us the bad news. So you ready for some good news? All right, let's get to some good news. Uh, Jesus changes everything. It's gonna. I hope I hope you hear this as a theme today, but really for the rest of your life, Jesus changes everything. He changes all of it. Your past, your present, your future. The reason that we have to talk about the gospel, the reason that I think it's so important for us to just like, just soak up the gospel is that we often leave it. We have a very limited view of what God has done, what God is doing. A lot of us actually live our lives like, okay, what do I have to do to do the Jesus thing? And we get just a little bit of it, and then we do whatever we want until we die so that hopefully we can go to heaven. That's, that's kind of our limited view of the work of Jesus. And there's so much more. There's so much more. So if you're at a spot where you've somehow, in, in maybe one aspect of your life or multiple aspects of your life, left the gospel, this entire book of Galatians is for you. But this message is for you. It's the results of the gospel. Jesus has saved you. He's saving you. He will save you. You guys ready for some good news this morning? It's going to be fun. We're doing an overview of, of the book of Galatians. Uh, unfortunately, we can't dive in deep. Um, but today in chapter 3, uh, we, we kind of went through a couple chapters last week. We'll do a couple chapters this week. Uh, he's actually going to transition into some of the work that Jesus accomplishes. And then uh, next week is kind of this life by the spirit theme. Um, so we're going to do an exercise. And, uh, and this is totally like this week, I'm just trying out all kinds of new things. So I've never done this before. We'll see. Here's, here's what we're going to do uh, for this section. All right. I'm going to read to you uh, Galatians chapter three, verse one through five. All right. Then as soon as I'm done reading this, we're going to show a picture. It's actually a picture of a sculpture that is on St. Louis University campus that I passed this week. And, uh, and I'm going to then let you write this part of the sermon, all right? This is where it gets a little tricky. Uh, we'll see how you do as preachers, okay? I'm going to read the passage, show you the picture, and then you're going to answer the question, what does this sculpture have to do with the passage that we just read. So you're going to have to pay attention, okay? Uh, what does this have to do with the gospel? And so be ready. Here we go. Galatians chapter 3, 1 through 5. 
you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask you, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? All right, and here's your picture. It's a sculpture. It's actually on a few different uh, campuses across the United States uh, called the Self-Made Man. I don't know if you can see it, uh, but the bottom half of this sculpture is just unformed rock. All right? So, you heard Galatians 3. Hopefully you're paying attention. You see the sculpture. How, does, how did these two connect? Anybody brave enough to preach? You don't have to come up here, but... I can do it myself. I got this. In addition to Jesus. Yeah, he's got a hammer and a chisel. Self-made man. At some point, and I kind of imagine this happening, where, where he looks at God, and this is what's definitely happening in the book of Galatians where we have been formed by the Spirit, and at some point we take the hammer and the chisel and we say, I got this. Get away. I'll finish the work. And he says, you foolish Galatians, stop that. He is the one who has accomplished so much. He is really good at doing his work. Let him do it. Stop trying to take and to do his job. Guys, I want to show you another picture, and this is, this is going to be so fun. Uh, I want us to consider that the gospel is a jewel, a beautiful jewel that we are to hold up. There it is. A beautiful jewel that has all of these different cuts and aspects to it, that when you look at it, that there's light coming through it. Today, we're going to read through a handout, and I'm going to give you nine different aspects, nine different ways of looking at this jewel. These are all things that Christ has accomplished, and as I was preparing, even this morning, I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot some major ones. So there's more than nine, all right? Like, like as we look at the gospel, just this one word, I want you to consider that there is so much packed into the good news of Jesus. So, if you're ready for some good news, let's, uh, let's, if you've got that, that handout, we'll take a look. The first one is that Jesus redeemed us. It's a good theological word. We sing it. We say it. Jesus, he, he bought us out of slavery. Okay? This is something that has happened in our past, but it's also speaking to, to our present. If Jesus bought us out of slavery, here's a couple of things that are true. It means that you're worth buying. I don't know about you, but if you've ever struggled with your value, with your worth, Jesus is saying, 
I believe in you so much that I would buy you out of slavery. In, in, uh, in the Roman times, uh, under Roman law, a slave had to meet one of three conditions in order to receive their freedom. All right. So the first condition, in order to receive their freedom, he could repay the money that he was worth. Okay? So the slave could, could buy himself out of slavery, but this was really hard because slaves didn't have a lot of money. Uh, the, the second thing is that he could go free if his master decided to let him go free. Um, this was also difficult because, and it rarely happened, unless you were of no value to the master. If you get old, if you get sick, if the master says, I'm done with you, then you would be set free, essentially, to die in poverty. Uh, the third way is that you could be set free um, if someone else bought your freedom by paying the owner what you were worth. This is what Jesus has done. Jesus, when he's hanging on the cross and his blood is spilling, we will say things like it was a precious blood, but it truly is. He's not just dying because he wants to teach us a lesson. He's, he's buying us. He's purchasing us, with, purchasing us with his blood so that we can actually know our value. God died for you. That's how valuable you are. He bought you out of slavery. I live in the city. I live in North St. Louis. And as soon as we hit on redemption, this lands very hard. As soon as you begin talking about slavery in my neighborhood, like there's, there's some things that, that, okay, are maybe even some open wounds that are there. But when you start saying to my neighbors, you're worth it. Jesus did that because he sees the value in you. He would do it again over and over and over. It changes the conversation to say you were bought. And for those who have ever been slaves or have that in their, in their genealogy, they know how powerful of good news this is. That's number one, all right? Number two, Jesus forgives us. I know you've heard this in Sunday school. Uh, in fact, I know that a lot of this you've heard in Sunday school. My prayer this morning is that we would grow deep in the gospel, that we wouldn't just allow it to be some, a couple verses that we flippantly use once a week or once a year around Easter. I want this to, to be everyday life taking on forgiveness. And this is really good for any of, any of us that know jerks or maybe are a jerk or uh, are, are upset with, for real, like, like Jesus forgives you completely. Which then now we live in this power, we have this power to be able to say, well, if Jesus can do that in here, what could he do with my life with all the jerks that are out there? I, once again, I've got a ton of analogies from, from my, my kitchen table, but every Tuesday night, almost every Tuesday night, we talk about how Jesus has forgiven us. And the boys that, that sit around my kitchen table that are growing up in North St. Louis immediately think of the people that they get to forgive and they are struggling with it. Wow. You mean, 
You mean Jesus is serious when he says things like turn the other cheek? That, that if I'm going to, if I'm truly forgiven in this way, that I now have the power to forgive. Yeah, you do. Well, do you know that they're out to kill me? Yeah, you know what they did to Jesus. Guys, Jesus has forgiven us. He's forgiven your past sins, which means that you're no longer your sin. Some of you have been lied to by Satan where whatever it is that you did, he keeps bringing it up over and over and over saying, that's who you are. You say, no, that's what I did. And the way that Jesus forgives it is it's cast from the east is to the west. It's obliterated. It's not just kind of like, like covered up and then like uncovered at different points. It's completely gone. It's forgiven. Your debt is canceled. Jesus has forgiven your sin. We get to live lives of forgiveness. So you are not your sin. I didn't even put this on here, but he begins to give us a new identity. You can write that. That's a freebie in there. Like he, he gives you a new identity as he's saying, you're not your sin. You're not that. You're this. He calls us out of that. He calls us out of darkness into his light. He forgives us. We get to live a life that is understanding the sacrifice that he has laid out for us, that he has done. Not just our sins, but the sins of the whole world. This is good news. That's point two. Ready for a little bit more? Keep going. Point three. This is one of my favorite. Jesus heals us. There's a theological word called expiation that is important to understand. You don't have to remember that word. Uh, but you do need to understand that Jesus not only forgives the sins that you do, but he forgives the sins that have been done to you. I last week met with two sisters. Um, they had come down to our gardens. They were working. We were talking about Jesus. And they told me that their brother was no longer with them. Uh, he had been adopted out of their family. Uh, and that when he was born, he was a crack baby, meaning that he had been born addicted to crack cocaine because of drug use of their mother. I want you to think about that for just a second. A baby, the moment they're born, born addicted to crack cocaine. Not because that's an evil child. Not by any choice of their own. I, I, I'm actually not going to blame the mom. I'm going to say that the mom was so lost that at some point this mother felt like, I just, I, I'm choosing to kill off my baby in, in the depravity that she had in her head. The kid was immediately taken away from his family, put up in adoption, into foster home, into foster care. No chance of making it in this world, right? Unless, unless Jesus can heal. You understand what I'm saying? Like this one's a really big one because some of us have had stuff put on us that we did not ask for, that we did not deserve, that, that, the, that the adults that were in our life put sin on us that has, that has caused us to be so confused and so lost 
that we're crying out and saying, please fix it. Somebody, anybody, we're trying to fix it ourselves. We can't. He can. Do you understand how powerful the gospel is? It's not just we, we do a few things so that we can live a life so that we can go to heaven. We can be healed now. I met with a lady yesterday who talked about some of the abuse that she had gone through that had driven her to suicide multiple times. She said, but Jesus keeps healing. Jesus keeps bringing me back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the way that he, he heals our wounds. We can't do it. Jesus changes our present too. Not just our past. He changes our present. Jesus defeats sin. This, I know that I've already said he forgives sin, but he defeats sin. Christus victor is the theological term. With it. He has the victory over demons, over death, over, over sin itself. He crushes it. There's imagery in Genesis chapter 3 of, of Jesus taking his heel and crushing a snake's head. That's what he does. He's, he's got victory. And this is good news for any of us that, that are hopeless, that are addicted, that, that feel possessed, that are possessed. He has the victory. So if you're stuck in a rut, I want to tell you that he's stronger than anything. I love this story, and this is found in Luke chapter 4. And if you read through the Gospels, Jesus is full of this stuff. It says, In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. And he cried at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? That's what the demon-possessed man is saying. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus said sternly, Be quiet, come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. And all the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are? With power and authority, he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. And the news of Jesus spread throughout the surrounding region. I highlighted one line. I don't know if you caught this. But the demons, as they were speaking through this man, said, Have you come to destroy us? Yeah. He has. And he, and he cast him out. I don't know if you caught it in, in, as I was reading it. He cast him out without even hurting the man. Get out. And on the cross, through, through Jesus' death, and then his resurrection, he defeats Satan. J Satan has no victory. There is no place in our lives, in our hearts, for the enemy. It's good stuff. Here's another one. Another way of looking at one of the cuts of this jewel. Jesus leads to abundant life. He has victory over darkness, but, but he also leads us to life. He doesn't leave us hanging. He, he leads us to life. Um, 1 Corinthians 1 says this. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. A couple things there. He says, for those of us who are being saved, like you were saved, but, but you're also being saved right now. It's, it's, it's working its way out. Like we're working out salvation right now. We're figuring this out. We're, we're continuing to look to the gospel. 
So for those of us that are being saved, this is actually, it's the power of God. It's foolishness to the rest of the world. And the reason that it's foolishness is because the way that God gives us life is through death. Okay? This is such a paradox, and, and we're, we'll dive a little bit into it next week. But, but if you want to really do something this week about the message, then surrender. Give up. Die to yourself. Take up your cross. That's, that's, that's how Jesus leads us. He doesn't lead us into a path that says, okay, well, learn a bunch. Do a bunch. Uh, stand up here a bunch. Sing a bunch. You, you, you understand the difference, right? He says, surrender. Die to yourself. Take up your cross. If you want to know life, then lose it. Abundant life. Guys, some of, some of you are coming in here and you're numb. I, I get to work with a lot of, uh, of youth here who don't understand the way that suffering works. So they try to chase happiness. And I'll actually think, I think it's not just youth. I think it's all of us. But the world doesn't understand suffering. And so what we try to do is we try to chase happiness and we do that however. I just want to be happy, but it's fleeting. It never lasts. Jesus fills you with joy. Jesus fills you with so much joy that when the suffering comes here on earth, you not only endure, but you're joyful in the times of sorrow. This is, do you understand how, how radical what I'm saying is? That, that you, when you take on Jesus, you can stand in the fire. That the chaos can be all around you. Your environment can totally be messed up, and yet you can still be strong because of his life, his abundant life. Right now, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You understand like how good this news is? It's life. And I didn't, this is a freebie, uh, another one. But if you're, if you're taking notes along this, and I didn't even come to this, so I'm sorry. He gives us a new heart, a new mind. We're a new creation. We have new desires. Some of you will end up hanging out with people you don't even like. Because God changes your heart, and now you are best friends, brothers, sisters, you're brought into a new family. Do you understand how amazing this reconciliation, this new life is? A new heart, new desires. You will end up taking paths as you're living that you never would have chosen for yourself because it's his spirit living in you, not yours. It's good news. Um, man, there's so much. Do you guys understand, like, like each one of these points is like a sermon series on its own. Like, it's not fair. Like, this is like, this is, and I know we're leading up to Easter, but here's my challenge. Don't let Easter just be one day. Like, keep going. Keep going. This is the gospel. It's good news. We have to dive deep into it. The Bible, our scripture is full of this. And once again, the bad news is you're going to read through this and you're going to find that there's not a lot of heroes in the Bible. In fact, I'll say that there aren't any heroes. Like even a man after God's own heart, David, we know what he did. We, his sin is very much spelled out. And I'm assuming that nobody has murdered anybody this week. 
Maybe that's a bad assumption, but I'm assuming that none of you have gone. Uh, I mean, maybe you felt like it because you're quarantined, but like, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm assuming that we haven't, but like David did. That's a bad one, right? You shouldn't do that. And, and so with that kind of depth of sin, what I'm saying is, I, I don't think that you're in, I, I, I would doubt that we're going to, to head in that direction this week. But don't leave the gospel. Because if you leave the gospel, your life will, will become hardened, calloused, lukewarm, numb. And then if you don't return to the gospel, then your only, your only option is to head into sin. To try to build up, try to make something for yourself, which is what David did. Last point, this is our future. So number seven, but uh, in the outline, Jesus, uh, he is saving us. Oh no, sorry, I missed, I missed one, sorry. Uh, Jesus gives us an example. He, Christus exemplar is a theological Latin term that, that he, he lays out a path for us and gives us uh, a, a new direction. So how do we turn the other cheek? Well, he did it. Look to him. How do we show mercy to those that are persecuting us? He did it. Look to him. How do we live in a culture without fear? Well, he did it. Look to him. So the more and more that we soak up Jesus, every story, every word, everything that is in this scripture that is speaking to Jesus and pointing to Jesus, the more that we soak that up, the more we know how we should live. He's our example for here and now. Number seven, he is our substitute. Jesus takes our place in death, becomes our righteousness. I wish I had time to go. Like, we don't even have time. Like, this is, this is how great God is. We're going, there's no way you can contain him in 30 to 35 minutes. You can't, All right? So we're, gonna, we're just going to completely skim over the fact that he takes our place in death. Okay, that's a huge thing. We deserve hell. He's slow to anger, abounding in love, doesn't give us what, he, what we deserve. Thank you for your mercy. Number eight. He pays our ransom. Uh, when Elena and I were first married, um, uh, <laughs> like and we were so newly married that like, like I didn't know how to, to cook. It was like one of those, like, like how do we figure this out? So the very first time she got sick was this adventure for us. Because uh, I don't think we had insurance. Uh, I don't think we had... Uh, a doctor, and so she was, uh... got it? Good. Tell him we're not here. Uh, when Elena, the first time that she got sick, uh, uh, we didn't really know what to do, so we took her to the urgent care. She had, uh, she had gotten really dehydrated, and so she needed we hooked up to an IV and they did some tests and some, some fluids and stuff. And I don't really know what they did, but they, they took her in and we, we took her to what we thought was an urgent care. But we realized when we got the bill, it was actually an emergency room. Yeah. And she had stayed like, not overnight, but a long time doing all the tests and stuff. The bill was uh, between ten and $15,000. Um, I mean, 
I'm like, what? <laughs> like brand new married, uh, I don't have at this point in my life have 10, $15,000, didn't have it back then. And so we wrote a letter into uh, the hospital and said, uh, sorry, we didn't know that that wasn't an urgent care. Uh, and they wrote a letter back in the mail that said, we understand this happens from time to time. We're going to forgive the entire debt. Um, I was not expecting that. I, I was expecting to work for years paying off that. They forgave it in one letter. Guys, do you know what Jesus has done for us? Do you know how much we owe God? And yet, in one action on the cross, through his death, burial, resurrection, your debt is completely canceled. You don't have to work for it anymore. Now, we're going to get into that next week. Like, what do we even do? But I'm saying, like, if you're here spinning your wheels saying, it's too much, it's too much. I've got I've to beat karma. I've got to, you know, climb the ladder. If, you're, if that's who you are, stop. Take the letter. Take what he has done. Jesus pays our ransom. So for those of you with debt up to your eyeballs, you can appreciate this. This is good news. You know what it's like. You hope you know what it's like to be forgiven. Jesus pours on grace. He doesn't stop. He gives us a new family, which is really good news for some of us, right? He gives us eternal life. Like not just abundant life, not just that you have to, to, to work through the suffering here. There will come a day when there is no suffering. That, there, that, that heaven is for real and we will get to a spot where there's a new heaven, a new earth. We will completely be made new. We'll have a new body. That's really good news for some of us, right? The, the aches and the pains won't be there anymore. The sickness, the fear of sickness will be gone because of the eternal life that he is giving us. We will be saved. Guys, Jesus reconciles us with each other. He, he brings about new life. Everything in him is going to be good news to our bad news. So this week, you're going to be tempted. And I think that what Paul is trying to say to us in Galatians is that the temptation we're most likely going to receive is that we would somehow leave Jesus behind. Go back to this picture, the, the one of uh, the sculpture. Ooh, good. This is going to be our temptation for this week. Um, once again, I'm going to guess it's not going to be murder. It's going to be you trying to build your own kingdom, trying to take the hammer and the chisel away from God. Say, let me do your work for you. I would really challenge you to not do this. And this is, uh, this is what I would like us to do instead. I'd like us to look to Jesus. To, to understand that, that this gospel message is a beautiful jewel. When you, when you end up surrendering your life to Jesus... That's, that's you saying, I can't do that. 
you hand the hammer and the chisel back and you say, you do your work. Guys, if that's where you're at today, I want us to pray. If we need to talk, if you, if you need to talk with, with some of the leadership here about handing that over, about surrendering your life, um, I'll point out Bob Moore here would love to talk to you all day long. For real though, like this is the most important thing that we can wrestle with right now. And I know that there's a lot going on. Who do you say Jesus is? What has Jesus done in your life? What is he doing in your life? Will you pray with me? I pray, God, that your seed, your truth, would root itself deep in our lives. That we as a people would lean on you, that we would be broken and picked up by you. God, that it would never be about us. It would never be about our work. It would only be about yours. And Jesus, I pray for your gospel, your good news, to land on us tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day. That we would continually hear, we would continually believe, and continually walk by faith. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.